Ladies and gentlemen, we are oh. here. Uh, this is one of the first times we haven't looked it up, but I'm pretty confident this is episode 45. That's what I have written down on on the title, so Game I hope on. so. Okay, if not, you know, another time. We It's not like we haven't messed it up before, So, yeah. and yeah. I'm sure we will mess it up again in the future. Well, Brad, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. Hey, it's a wonderful week here in Forest. Got a lot of nice weather. To, hey, took down the weekly again this week. Um, Trevor's a little salty about that, but you know, I'm I'm creeping back in. I haven't been to the uh, the weekly for several weeks because I had some personal stuff. I'm like doing some training and stuff in the background, and it felt good to get out there and just you know tr- creep back up in that number one slot. Come on, come on. Yeah, I we got a te- I got a text from Trevor at some point this week, I can't remember when it was. Uh, and it was, I had seen the foundation video come out of them doing weird discs challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Trevor was like, look, I need help. My putting is broken. Uh, and I think it'll make some good content. So yeah, we are, uh, we're going to get that putt back to normal for him. Uh, I did. I did beat him in a putt off. That's how I, I beat him. Wow. So. Okay. So there's extra salt in the wound there. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, well, man, I that's awesome. I'm super stoked for you, Brad. So that's you've taken the number one tag twice now. Um, yeah, actually, the first three or four weeks I did first straight those four three Come or four on. weeks, and then I took some time off, and then I went back out this week and took it down again. Um, now Killing let's not it. pretend like I'm anywhere near better than Trevor. I just he had some he had a bad day. I had a decent day, and then I clutched the putt on right. the playoff. So come on, what course? We, uh, Tim Brook. Nice. So yeah, I did I did okay on the front nine, and then the back nine. I, um, I did like I went three under on the back nine, so that definitely helped. Clutch come that on, up, so. come on. Well, dude. Uh, that is amazing and super stoked having now like truly having seen your progress i can see it in your game uh like i mean appreciate it you you got the skills to pay the bills and i'm sure you look good while you're doing it and one of the best ways we know to look good is through mm-hmm. our sponsor of in the bag which is flippy disc golf yeah as always we appreciate flippy and aaron for being presenting sponsor for in the bag for really the foreseeable future. Um, again, In The Bag merch is live. Ours is on our way, Robbie. It, it may be here today, which I'm kind of bummed that it, we're going to miss wearing it another week, but we'll definitely have it for next week. So we're pumped. Jason had his this week. I was like, hey, nice nice uh, sweatshirt there. So they they look awesome. They, they feel great, um, just like all the flippy stuff. So if you want to support us, make sure you check the link in the description. Uh, all of our In The Bag merch there. We, not, we don't just have hoodies. We have uh, uh, t-shirts as well and so that's a great addition there so some casual wear um, also you can support foundation foundations on there um, swanky's on there as well so um, robbie c prince robbie's being mm-hmm. approved this week yep that yep so robbie's stuff's gonna be in there all the good stuff make sure you check out flippy make sure you use our link in the description you do get um, some benefit there you get some uh, 10% off, I believe is what our code is. So that's great. Thank you, Flippy for making comfortable stuff. And thank you for always being supportive of foundation, Robbie C and the, in the bag podcast. Absolutely. We love it. Well, y'all today we got a, we got a unique episode. So mm-hmm. we had a guest lined up a little bit of a different, a uh, little switch up. Uh, so our special guest, hopefully we're going to get her on next week. Um, that's the goal. Uh, so Brad and I were talking last minute plan. Uh, let's call it what it is, but it's still, mm-hmm. I think, good. 
and it's a, it's a talk we've been meaning to have for a while we've oh, kind of just sure. put it on the sideline it was just a, a good week to maybe bring it to the front yeah. we'll call it let's call it a little in the bag theory okay yeah we'll yeah well uh because i think there are as we continue to do this right like there are theories that we set out in terms of you kind of see those those ideas play through multiple bags as mm-hmm. we continue to help and try to adjust those yeah, and in, in the spirit of being a theory, there's not like a right or wrong answer here. This is just a unique one. I know we've, like you said, Robbie, had several guests come on that kind of follow this theory. You've even made a video about it recently, and it's just, I think, a good topic on here where we can talk about a little bit more detail, a little bit more long form, um, and get some feedback from listeners. And again, the goal here is just to get you all thinking about this. You know, maybe oh. you're already doing it. Maybe you're like, hey, I've been thinking about doing this for a while. Now's the time. But little little guided theory, little guided thought exercise, I think will be good for everyone, including myself. And we'll yeah. talk a little bit about that later. Yeah. And I like Brad mentioned it. So we'll hopefully we'll put maybe the link to this video in the description or something like that. That way, mm-hmm. um, if you guys want to see. But obviously, I like funny enough i always get told when people meet me in person for the first time they're like you're taller than i thought you were um and i realize because i don't really have a ton of people in my videos so that's true can't really can't really see me for size comparison mm-hmm. uh but in those videos uh i don't get the chance to like have discord uh and discourse back with one another um mm-hmm. and like really talk it out so brad the idea here is if we were like we talk about all the time overlap inside people's bags mm-hmm. and one of the biggest reasons we say overlap is bad is because it inhibits your decision making while you're out there on the course right yeah so when that in like when if we can make it as simple as possible and we had a guest way back in the beginning who rocked a 12 disc bag both mm-hmm. for hey this is how many discs like my bag can actually fit and then also this is like it just helps me on that decision making and i remember us both being fascinated by that bag because Mm -hmm. we obviously uh we love our pioneer from atlas disc golf supply but like it's a big bag uh i would say it's it holds a comparable amount to a grip a series it holds um probably not a pound because the pound is designed to like survive the apocalypse but Mm -hmm. it's uh it holds a lot of frisbees so right with that, we we don't really have like the minimalist approach going for us. But if we were to break it down and we mm-hmm. look at, we have now seen about with reunion episodes, we've probably seen close to 40 people's bags, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting to see everyone's thought process and like the it the overwhelming consensus seems like, you know, 20 to 25 discs is like what everyone's carrying on average, you know, including myself. Um, and again, I think the thought process here is like, you know, I know most, especially like the distance drivers I carry, I'm not reaching for those. So at some point, why am I carrying those and do I need to carry those? And is it making me sometimes reach for a distance driver when I know I shouldn't be throwing one and I can easily throw like an FD or a grackle and get just as far, if not farther than if I grab a distance driver. Totally. Yeah. And I think that is like. That's a that's a decision a lot of people should be making. Uh, now we have obviously we've had uh, I remember we had Casey on the show and she didn't have a huge amount of distance and the disc we recommended for her was a distance driver. So there's functionality mm-hmm. to this. Exactly. Uh, you guys, I'm sure we'll talk about the venoms going on the website mm-hmm. um, when we get to that section. But like 
there's a real chance a venom could probably make your back uh, mm-hmm. for a very unique shot. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought when I saw him this week. Because my initial reaction, I grabbed it. I look at the speed. I look at the stability or the fade. I'm like, I don't even need this. They are beautiful, but I'm like, I don't need this disc. But I'm kind of like you. I've thought about this. I'm like, what if I only kept one very overstable high speed driver just in case, but only one? I don't need the rest of them. Just maybe that one. And what does that do for me? And do I need it? Which valid questions so to me what we want to experiment today with is let's we want to break it down to a bare bones how many discs do you need so i'm going to kind of throw the proposals to brad of Mm -hmm. here's what i threw out and if you want to see my full thoughts or like most of my full thoughts once again you can go check out the video um Mm -hmm. but i want to have this be a lot more of like hearing brad's thoughts as well as talking back and forth on it. So um, the the theme that we normally talk about is that there are kind of three slots inside of every mm-hmm. level of speed. So you've got your speeds being putters, mid-ranges, fairways, drivers. Um, like Brad already talked about with the drivers, for a lot of folks, not necessarily needed, but I, I think it just depends on where you're at. Obviously, I think this bare bones, I'm going to go ahead and assign... This bare bones bag would apply best to folks who throw 300 feet average. Mm-hmm. That feel yep. like a, a safe assumption. Yeah, um, yeah or, or less. Maybe that 250 to 300 yeah. range. Totally. Yeah, so, for your max distance. So when we're looking at this as your setup, um, there are with those three. So those are your four speed levels. Your three slots are a neutral disc that's straight and overstable disc that for backhand, right-handed backhand goes very far left. And mm-hmm. then understable, I'm not going to say it goes very far right, but it, it can go right. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of a deal. So knowing we have those three options, it would be very easy to say, okay, so putters, mids, fairways, distance drivers, three in each, that's 12. Mm-hmm. Throw in two putting putters, bada boom, bada bang, you're a 14. 14. Mm-hmm. But I think 14 is still too many, like for this minimalist bag. So uh, take those two putting putters instantly. We can pull one out of the bag. One putting putter Mm -hmm. is too nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll say I've I've done several. um, You know, my family and I that play will do on occasion. Like, oh, let's do a three disc challenge, or let's do like a five discs or less or whatever sort of challenges to switch it up and have fun. And I will say like taking one putter out cause I'm a two putter hold one putt with the other guy. I feel so naked if I just have one putter and I'm like, what do I do? You know? So that would be hard to give up, but I do agree with you that one putter easy, easy cut down on discs is just go from two to one. Now you're the guy that's had the same Brody roaches for a long time. Um, and the entirety yeah. of me playing let's yeah. just put that out there so um if you ever try to substitute that like that second roach for another disc does it feel like does it have to be the roach or can it just be another disc in your hand you know and i know i know this is 100 percent mental because it really doesn't matter that much but it's like it, it has to be the same weight like if it's a heavier disc okay. or it's a different plastic I, I just feel like i notice it and i'm not focused on what i need to do 
like putting and driving through the chains, I'm like, oh, wow, the, my weight's off or like this feels weird. You know what I mean? I know it's 100% mental, but that's what wow. it feels like to me. I, you're, you're right that it is mental. Um, but I think it also, it's okay that it's mental because I would argue that, well, putting's like 50% mental. I would argue that I would argue putting 70% mental, uh, okay, like, good. because that 30% is just repetitions and remembering getting your brain out mm -hmm. of the way because your hand knows what to do. Uh, I do that in putting lessons all the time. Like someone comes mm -hmm. in for a putting lesson and I'll just talk with them mm -hmm. and there I'm like, Hey, let's just toss the disc back and forth to one another. Um, and I'll distract him with conversation. And during that distraction, I'll say like, what is your max distance that you feel comfortable making putts? And they'll say something like, I don't know, like 15, 20 feet or something. And mm -hmm. by the time we're done chatting, they're still hitting me in the chest every time, just tossing it at like 30 feet. Yeah. But then as soon as I'm like, all right, put the disc in the basket. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's. The yips, man. So they're they're real. Um, yeah. So I that totally makes sense, and it's the same th the same reason why I would tell someone who's practicing if you want to play in tournaments, you want to play events, and you're struggling to translate that practice. How are you actually practicing on the green? Because mm -hmm. most people walk up with that fat stack of putters in their hands, and they got four or five, and they get used to firing like that, and then they get mm -hmm. to the course, and they only have their one, and they what they're feeling is they're feeling naked like you talked about mm -hmm. but it's because they don't have the other stack so yeah that's the i think that's the beautiful part is if you got a stack of roaches it's probably very easy for you to practice because you can just set the stack mm -hmm. next to you and then just fire one switch hands <laughs> fire yeah. one switch hands or yeah. be crazy and just hold the one the whole time and yeah. just <laughs> yeah just go for keep it keep grabbing yeah. the right yeah um, so yeah, I think that putter slot, yeah, even though it's uncomfortable, like take one out of there, you got one. So I think that makes the most sense. I think it's safe to say most people. Yeah. Well, a lot of people. Let's say a lot of people. Yeah. Carry two. So yeah. there's one. There's an easy one to take out if we're doing. And like really, again, for this minimalist bag, I think I want to keep reiterating this point. We're not saying, hey, cut down all your discs to like two discs. But totally. the, the, the point is, and I did this for a little bit, um, although I had multiple still had the same number of number of discs in my bag i had like seven or six molds because i was trying to get confidence work on form really learn discs so i think this minimalist bag would be good for learning discs um, if you're making alterations to your form or just trying to lock in whatever form you have um, and i just think also increasing your like um, knowledge and like comfortability with shot shapes and types yeah. so you're not leaning on you're not like, oh, I need to throw, instead of throwing a hyzer, like a hyzer flip, I'm going to throw this like very straight disc. Or if I, an Anheuser, you know, I'm going to uh, throw a forehand instead or whatever. So I think there's a lot of um, options or like shot types you can start throwing if you limit your number of discs. So correct me if I'm wrong, Robbie. That's really kind of, if you want to do this experiment with us, then that's kind of like the things you can think about as you, like tried, even if you tried a minimalist bag for like a week or you had a minimalist bag you took to other courses or if you travel for work or find yourself traveling a lot, then um, I think those are good experiments to do as well. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. Um, it is it is a huge part of, yeah, like if the more factors you have changing in your game, mm -hmm. plain and simple, the harder it is to execute at a high level. 
And that high level doesn't have to be high level in terms of pro tour. High level can simply be a high level to your personal game. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a good mindset to have as we're talking through this. And I'll probably reiterate that several times. I just like to hone in the purpose of the conversation. Um, so if we're going to mids, Rob, or throwing putters, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is this is an uh, arguably an area of my game that I kind of like scoffed at to beginning at the beginning. So I'm like, I want to throw distance. I don't need to throw putters. Babies throw putters, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of the mindset I had very early on, which is very untrue. And I mean, honestly, the person that I think throws putters very well as Trevor. Uh, he has a lot of throwing putters Amen. and he leans on them a lot. So like after playing a couple rounds with him after I started here and just like seeing how he works the putters. And again, he's a guy that loves disc to do their thing versus him making disc to do their thing. So he, I think it's a lot of different shot types by having that mentality. Um, but after watching him, I'm like, you can really lean on these if you're throwing correctly and you're like focused on your form. And, you know, honestly, at that time I, I that's really the only disc i felt comfortable that i was getting up to the correct rotation to like you know call back to your video um so i think there's a lot of time i've spent with those, those this slot in my bag and getting comfortable so i think this is probably a very important place to not cut out any meat in a bag especially like a, a minimalist bag and that's my opinion robbie yeah i 100%. I think there is, there are very few people. If you're playing disc golf and you can't get a putter up to speed, we need to adjust your form. Like mm -hmm. we need to, there, there's something needs to fix for sure. Mm -hmm. So you are going to be able to get the flight you're looking for. You're going to be able to let the disc do its thing. And also putters serve so many purposes, right? Like mm -hmm. a throwing putter, especially you can use it off the tee box. You can use it for approaches. You can use it for simple shot shaping because that slower speed, you don't have to hit it as hard. Like if I'm in the middle of the woods, uh, like if you've watched foundation content, Tim Brook is the course that Brad talked about for the weekly hole three is this one where you throw straight into the woods. Uh, mm -hmm. there's like a super tight gap. Can't be more than 10 or 15 feet apart at most, mm -hmm. um, it's for tight. the main gap you're trying to hit. But if you drill first available in that gap and you need to get to the basket, it's like 110, 120 feet, something like mm -hmm. that to finish out the hole. Yeah. So let's say I kick into the woods like, and I have to shot shape that 100-something feet up there. If I throw a fairway driver full speed mm -hmm. and try to get it to turn over, if mm -hmm. I hit the line correctly with the power needed to get the disc to actually fly like the l rest of the numbers, I need to throw it with a significant amount of power, which means that touch shot's not really going to be there. Mm -hmm. so the analogy kind of is like, okay, if you have a, a car accident, uh, this is a terrible analogy, but if if you're going at like 20 miles an hour, the margin of error or the margin of damage is much smaller than if you're going at 75 miles an hour. It's kind of the same thing, in my opinion. The higher speed disc you have, the more margin for error between zero and 10 speed and zero and three fade versus a putter at speed three. And then maybe uh, even if the fade's still three on the putter, the margin of error is much smaller than going up to a higher speed disc. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Play, play one woods round. And I want you to throw full power driver shots and full power putter shots and see what happens when the, when they both hit trees, like mm -hmm. 
it's just it's just going to be catastrophic. So with the proposal of an overstable, a neutral, and an understable putter, I to me, all of those make sense. Now I want to come back to we'll just hit it while we're here. Cause I think a fourth disc that gets thrown in here mm-hmm. that could be debatable on a true minimalist bag, but I just I think it's a disc. It's a disc that personally, when I found it in my game, it unlocked more opportunities for me than any other disc slot ever has. And that is an overstable putt and approach disc. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. when to equate this to the golfers out there, when you first really learned how to use your pitching wedge Mm -hmm. or even we'll say your 45, like your 45 degree wedge, that was, oh my gosh, I can be like, I can Mm -hmm. save so many strokes because this, short part of my game where I'm just like over hitting with my pitching wedge and just rolling over or mm-hmm. like that very finite area that's going to happen on pretty much every hole, especially for those of you who don't have distance. Mm-hmm. Huge. So it yeah. doesn't have to be a zone. doesn't have to be a pig. It can mm-hmm. be, there's a, there's a bajillion options out there. Yeah. Even in a, like an eclipse envy, something that maybe you're already th- comfortable throwing. So maybe you have like a, a cosmic electron envy and then an eclipse envy that I think that still covers totally. the same spot with still kind of having that minimal feel. So I'd agree, Robbie. I mean, I don't, I mean, I could get away if I'm thinking about, because when we're talking about something about my bag, okay, if I'm doing this to my bag right now, what discs are staying in? So obviously the one putter and then my throwing putters right now really are. I'm leaning heavily, and we'll put a approach in here too, right? Yeah. Zone, Eclipse Envy. That's kind of beat in. It's not a real Eclipse Envy. Um, I have an inner core, and then I have a Eclipse Proxy that I have. Um, really, there's some overlap there between the Eclipse Proxy because it's new, and then even the um, my beat in yeah. Eclipse, and then yeah, even the inner core. Depending on what day it is, how well I'm throwing it. So, um, I definitely think like. The envy can probably, if I had to, I could probably take the zone out and just say, "Hey, I'm gonna." The envy gives me more shots. Yeah. So, and I see, and I I go on the opposite end of that spectrum with, if I were to do this to my bag, and mm-hmm. I were to say, "Okay, my overstable putt approach is a pig. I have a new mm-hmm. pig in the bag, um, or beef pig, and mm-hmm. then I have a straight pig, which is going to be my like." overstable option meaning that mm-hmm. and when we say overstable i think people go to like a firebird or a captain's mm-hmm. raptor or something like that where they're like mm-hmm. oh this thing has to hook not mm-hmm. what we're saying here especially for this putter slot and if you're going to have this overstable putting approach disc in your bag mm-hmm. when we say overstable we just mean that it can hold straight for a while but you know that at the mm-hmm. end of its flight it is going to finish like it is mm-hmm. going to get left and and it'll handle the torque of a drive. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. That's why I like the Envy because sure. it has the stability enough so I can put some heat on it, but it will not flip on me. So that's what I like about it. Yeah. So with like I would so I would have a straight pick there. For my neutral slot, I have mm-hmm. a beat in pick, like mm-hmm. my precious child. So I have three picks covering that slot, and then on my very flippy, I got a polecat. Like mm-hmm. So it just, there's, you can approach this in a multitude of ways. You can still mold minimalize inside of this. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think those three slots, super useful. We're going to let Brad after the mid ranges kind of expand on this because he kind of even hinted there with like expansion possibilities. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so when we move up to mid ranges, we say, okay, we take the same three approach. We want overstable, neutral, understable. Mm-hmm. I would say three very needed shots as well, because lots of people yeah. can still get a mid range up to speed. Yeah, exactly. And I think again, when I started, you know, building out a bag and getting into disc golf more seriously, and I've said, we've said it multiple times on the podcast, that's a slot. I just like, I'll put a buzz there and move on to distance drivers. And again, now like focusing a little bit more on like some finesse and like realizing about, you know, disc speed and arm speed and how all that comes together. It's like that spot has taken over a lot of space in my bag because I'm really trying to, I'm realizing that those discs fly appropriately for me and they have a lot of um, usability, especially in, again, it's watching like Hunter and Trevor and Brody and you, like you guys that have played for a while and are have way more insight into the game. It's like I was throwing fairways and a shot I should be throwing a mid because I can throw them just as far, but the ground play or the type of landing that's going to happen is way more important than like if I'm 10 feet shorter because I threw a mid range, that's okay because I landed closer to the basket. I may park the basket with a fairway but then I'm, i might have a flare skip i might hit the basket i might have a roll away like all that stuff becomes less likely when i throw a mid-range at something like that absolutely um yeah i mean and there's something you even said i remember about putters where you were like babies throw putters i want to throw the drivers and then mm-hmm. there's this funny switch and let us know in the comments if you remember when this switch happens to where like the rule of the putter, if you throw a putter off the tee and no one else threw a putter, you are like, you have to declare, oh, by the way, that was a putter. Uh, so you shift yeah. from like, oh, I'm huge in distance, like nobody throws putters. And then suddenly like I throw so far that I throw putters while everyone else doesn't throw putters. <laughs> yep. That's a definite, yeah, there's a definite like mindset shift. That's Um, hard to say. That's a lot of words. And Mm -hmm. so with mid-ranges, I think there's definitely a struggle, and you said it with the the buzz, like why would I throw, if I get into throwing putters, I can throw my putters pretty far. So Mm -hmm. why do I need these mid-ranges? And I think the Mm -hmm. mid-ranges are usually a lot more torque resistant than putters to begin Mm -hmm. with. Uh, they teach you the beauty of really laying into a shot while not losing the shot. Yeah. They're your irons, right? Like that's the, the real, if we're using golf analogies and you know, it's funny doing this minimalist bag. I I thought back to my golf coach in high school and he said he would send us out on rounds and I'd always be like, why until I'd get into a tournament, but he would send us out with our putter, a pitching wedge, five iron or sorry, seven iron, five iron. That's all he would let us take out. And then I'd be like, why are we doing this coach? And then I would see, and you know, and then eventually you're like, oh, I can use the sh- the seven iron for this type of shot. I can actually use it to chip up onto the green and create some backspin versus using a pitching wedge. And I, you know, I'm relying on my, I get, I'm way more comfortable with my five iron now than I ever was. And Hey, I can, I go down to an iron instead of like bump up to my three wood where the margin of error is much smaller. So I, I get it. This is kind of the same like uh, approach to this bag. So it's really those that iron work or the, your mid range work. And I'm realizing this more than ever is super important, especially to play a lot of woods golf or like semi woods golf. Like those are just saving strokes for me, to be honest. Oh, oh absolutely. Like you played Tim Brooks today. I'm sure there were several like these are putters or mitts. 
Like mm-hmm. for most of that course, you're throwing putters or mids. There's a couple driver shots for sure, but mm-hmm. you you stay out of trouble really fast. So with this like three and three approach that we have so far, mm-hmm. let's drivers. I think we can finish drivers pretty fast because like we would both agree there's not as much need for those. Um, Correct. So when we look at fairways, we can say the three slots right there. All right. Overstable fairway and that mm-hmm. option. Pull that out because we can get that shot with another option with another disc that will still create more options. And I think that's where like that's our only distance driver is either mm-hmm. a neutral distance driver or a like slightly overstable distance right. driver. That's where we were talking about the mm-hmm. venom earlier, which mm-hmm. isn't slightly overstable. It's just super overstable. But mm-hmm. there's utility that having that disc brings yeah. that just having like a faster seven, eight, nine speed mm-hmm. that's overstable yeah. doesn't bring to our game. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even a 10 speed that's in that kind of like overlap, like a, a vulture, for instance, like that's again, kind of my thinking exactly, Robbie, what that I'm doing currently in my bag. I'm like, okay, really my vultures are that like overstable shot and I can also get some utility out of them. I also can do a flex line if I need to. They're also like my, if I need some ground flare, I'm going to use those too. So, and like, to me, I'm like, I don't need to go any farther than that for the, with those discs. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the ground flare. The, the only push, like the only reason that I would suggest, Hey, we have a super fast disc is that ground skip. Like those mm-hmm. big wide rims make that ground skip really easy. But if you've practiced that with the 10 speed, you've practiced that with your vulture mm-hmm. and you're getting that you're going to be able to do it more consistently with a slower mm-hmm. distance driver control driver as well. So yeah, you still I think that. I would argue that I, the reason it skips so well for me is I, I do feel like I can now give the proper rotation on that disc. And I think that really helps when it hits the ground. It still has some steam yeah. to keep to, to, to flare skip. If I try that shot with even like a, um, like a, like a Zeus or something like that, or even the DD three that I have, I'm still not getting that same type of flare action on the ground. Yeah. And I, there's definitely a degree of, if you throw too fast of a disc, you can see it just kind of like fighting you before yeah. it, like it, it's like mm-hmm. it leaves my hand trying to get to a different angle um yeah. and so if you're in the woods and you need to like i'd be willing to bet that because people think arm speed is this like full pull mm-hmm. when arm speed is really just the extension of the arm like that's yeah. arm speed when you're throwing like a chip wood shot or a skip wood mm-hmm. shot i would be willing to bet that most people you actually throw faster like you have the potential to throw a faster disc doing that little chip shot than you mm-hmm. do um, when you try to add your run up and all that all that into yeah. it. So, well, I think again, I, maybe I said this last week, but that when we were playing, the biggest tip you gave me was, you know, I, w- I was it started going on a tangent here, but this applies, I think, to this conversation. But you know, and this is kind of the point of the minimalist bag; it lets you see maybe some of these mistakes and really like practice implementing them. Because I, ever since you told me this tip, I've really kind of like fallen back. Like even though I didn't take them out of my bag, like physically, I've said, okay, I'm gonna ro- rely on these couple discs because I know what they're supposed to do, and I know what they have been doing for me. But I know I'm implementing this f- form or really release change, 
and I want to make sure I understand it and I'm getting it down and I'm not going to do it across 20 discs. I'm going to do it across like six discs. So I even did this at Timbrook and you know, I was getting a lot of snap on my disc when they came out. And like, if you watch coverage, you hear like Paul's disc or any, any disc come out Brody's and you hear that snap out of their hand. And I was always frustrated because I'm like, man, I've got this loud snap coming out of my hand, but they're not going anywhere. What am I, what am I missing? And like, I, I, mention that to you and you're like oh well it's because you're doing this you know i was back loading or my grip versus like front loading i was actually gripping my disc way too tight and you know we talked through a few things you showed me like a couple like pre-shot things i can do and pointed out like paul does it he you know he slings that disc out on like this two fingers kind of and yeah and i've started doing that and it just reminds me i don't have to like have this killer grip on these discs i can like grip them comfortably i mean I play baseball my whole life. I don't death grip a baseball to throw it. You know what I mean? Like there's a comfortable level of grip and then that allows you to get the speed and the power you need out of it. So why wouldn't I do that to a disc? So since you pointed that out to me, um, it's, it's definitely helped. And again, to your point of like, I don't need this huge, long extended reach back, you know, compared to you, Robbie, I'm a very short man and do not have a wingspan. Your wingspan is like twice as long as mine. So, I, you know, but it's not really, you look at Paul, Paul and I are the same height. Yeah. And so it's, it's not that it is that re- proper re- release and that like good follow through and good form at the end of your form. And just that release tip you gave me has made my discs fly so much better. And that rotation, I can tell the rotations appropriate. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the biggest thing. So you're right. You know, it's not about like this huge reach through lawnmower pool, all this stuff we've heard the whole time you've any of us have watched youtube it's really about what is that release and are you getting that disc up to speed so sorry for the tangent everyone helpful uh hint robbie talks about stuff like that all the time on his channel make sure you check it out um but it could be something it's not it's very rarely the disc can i just say that yeah is that (laughs) absolutely so yeah and i i like Man, I've said it, I think I've said it publicly several times. Like I we we can shift blame for so many things to a disc really fast. Uh, mm-hmm. like I have a negative relationship with several molds because I threw them at bad points in my disc golf life or something like that. Like mm-hmm. trespasses for some reason. I had this trespass that I lost. I I literally threw it three times and two of the times I threw it, I lost it. Like I threw Mm -hmm. it once it came, I lost it. It came back to me. I threw it once. I was like, wow, that's cool. And then I threw it a third time and I lost it again. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, so I just decided trespasses get lost. Like that's what they like to do. But there's someone listening to this podcast that they're like, man, the trespass is my favorite disc of all time. So it's, it's not the disc. It is the archer for sure. Um, But so getting to the fairways where you're going to have a little more forgiveness on Mm -hmm. that release. Let's say you're still pulling the lawnmower. You're doing all that. I would say a neutral fairway is going to give you the options of what we're talking about for that overstable slot. You could Mm -hmm. like, it could be argued that the grackle is a neutral fairway to some Mm -hmm. for you. For most, it's not flying in that like neutral slot per se. Mm -hmm. Still yeah, has to finish. It's slightly overstable. Yeah. For me. It does, to your point, does carry very straight for a while, but does have a reliable fade. So, like, 
that and that's a disc that eventually obviously will straighten out for you and like you'll you'll mm-hmm. stop seeing that fade consistently um the understable fairway slot is for most people is and should be your big distance shot yep. like that should be if you if you're struggling with distance i would truly suggest finding a good 7 or 8 speed that you feel like you can absolutely just crush mm-hmm. and that be good. Like it doesn't have to be crazy understable. It doesn't have to be a road runner. It doesn't have to be a, uh, I'm trying to think like, uh, what's the sidewinder? Yeah. Sidewinder doesn't have to be, there is a MVP mold. Uh, it's like negative three turns, something like that. Um, yeah, it's virus? right past the relay. Virus may be the right word. Yeah, um, but there's like options like that, right? That crazy, crazy understable. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you have to get one of those. Like it can be a sting by Discraft. Mm-hmm. It can be a leopard. It can be, uh, yeah, like a mermaid. It can be a lot of different options. Mm-hmm. But find that disc and learn how to get max distance shots out of it. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, those would be more reliable than if we said. Hey, go grab a super, grab a Mamba, grab mm-hmm. a sale, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So it really sounds like you're saying for like, we'll call it just the driver category in this minimalist bag. Yeah. You want an understable fairway. You want a neutral to slightly overstable fairway and a lower speed fairway. And then you want probably like a beef driver or like a semi overstable driver that's in the higher speed category that can just be reliably overstable for you without being like, you know, a a 14.5 speed with, you know, four fade. Right. Yeah. Like I, the, the great examples being, I, I think if you just get a regular star destroyer, that's going to be beefy mm -hmm. enough for you. You don't have to go get a halo star destroyer because that's going to be like, you're going to use it even less kind of a deal. Yeah. Now you throw 350, 370. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool that halo star destroyer suddenly fills that slot for you. And maybe you're throwing like a beat in star destroyer kind of a deal. Uh, Mm -hmm. Brad, great example of like, he's throwing a vulture in that Mm -hmm. slot, but as his arm continues to improve, I could see a couple months from now where that is a little too neutral for him. Like he Mm -hmm. continues to work, continues to grind. So maybe he needs to step up to a force or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, no, I think so to recap for, you know the the minimalist bag we're kind of talking about here so it looks like we're looking at 10 10 discs so a putting putter and then your throwing putter slot we're going to follow the neutral overstable understable and mid-range we're going to copy that neutral overstable understable and then we'll call it the driver category we're looking for an understable fairway a neutral to slightly overstable fairway and then like a higher speed slightly overstable disc it sounds like so star destroyer what a zeus probably maybe yeah. a big z zeus something like that that's like you know 12 speed or so but has some you know straightness to it with a little bit of re- with reliable finish but the speed is also going to make it more overstable for us that can't throw you know 400 feet or whatever totally so that's i think that's a minimalist bag that if you are struggling with shot selection something we say to our guests all the time on here try it for a little while like what's the worst that's going to happen you're not going to like lose your house hopefully you're not betting that on around uh so try it see does this help my shot selection 
Do I feel like I have more clarity while I'm on the course? Do I feel like I'm less nervous because I'm stepping in and I'm saying, oh, I would normally throw one of these four discs here. Now I only have this one, so I have to throw it. And does that inspire confidence or does that inspire worry? Uh, because I think that evolves us into, so Brad, we've talked about like, uh, I use the, like there's three, these three molds, the overstable, the neutral and the understable, there's sizable gaps. If you just play between those. And part of mm -hmm. that is we talked, you said like shot shaping, right? Like mm -hmm. there is a beauty to, I have that neutral disc, so I'm going to put it on a little Anheuser and close the gap or i'm gonna take my understable disc put it on a little more hyzer close the gap mm -hmm. kind of a deal but yeah. if you're a i want to see the shot work we would say you would eventually evolve into the five shot slot where mm -hmm. those big holes are covered by a slightly understable disc and a slightly overstable option right um, so brad you would describe yourself in the five disc evolution for mm -hmm putters and mids but you're getting there with your fairway drivers right yeah yeah so basically i'm kind of what you're talking about what we've talked about this minimalist bag i kind of went through that almost at the start of the in the bag podcast robbie like we were kind of talking through i went from a only disc craft and then i started condensing and looking for those shots and working putters and mids into my game so i i went through kind of this minimalist mold um this 10 disc bag or 10 mold bag now i'm kind of in that like expansion phase where i am starting to work in like my mid ranges are the perfect example we did my in the bag not too long ago and that's exactly what i've done with that i've even moved a couple things around like i have a hex in there now that i was really looking one of the mind bender to be you know like a very neutral and then my mind bender now is at the point where it's a little understable and then i have my uplink that's very understable and then i have um a CTUV buzz that's a little overstable for me. And then I have a Nebula that's more overstable. And then I even have a Bobcat, which is very utility overstable. So now I'm kind of thinking about those in-between shots. My fairways, what I'm kind of doing now is I'm really, other than my Vultures, um, I made the decision last week, all of my distance drivers are coming out of my bag. Like I'm not carrying any anymore. I'm focusing on kind of doing the same thing to my fairway drivers. So... I've been real, and what's holding me up from doing that with my fairway drivers is I've been looking for a very neutral fairway driver that I feel comfortable that I can get up to speed that I can get distance with that gives me a little bit of finish. And uh, finally, the because um, I love the FD, the new C line FD, but just didn't, didn't quite fly like I wanted it to. Yeah. And the, the new S line FD has just like changed how I see fair, my fairway slot, but mm. it's kind of the anchor now. It's that middle that I really needed because um, I was kind of, I mean, I've thrown several things in that spot. I really wanted the um, eternal jackalope to be that. But it, again, now that I've made some form changes, it's still a little flippy from like a little more flippy than I want a neutral disc to be. Yeah. So I've got like the C line FD or S line FD in the middle, neutral. I have my apex ja or eternal jackalope and then my apex jackalope going to the understable side. And then now on the, the overstable side, I have like the grackle and then the Terra. So, and then really the vulture comes in at more overstable at the end of that. I kind of keep them in my fairway slot. So that's really what I've started building out just this last week. Um, so I am kind of like expanding on the, like instead of three, let's go to five slots. Yeah. So, and I, I think, maybe you would agree with this, Brad, there's two, 
there's really two things that incite this expansion. Mm-hmm. And the first being growth as a player, because suddenly, mm-hmm. okay, I had the uh I had the grackle in my bag, once again as an example. And it was always my overstable option. So it was mm-hmm. it was hooking, it was doing its thing. Uh I'll go to a different I'll go to a mids. I'll throw my rock three. My rock three was my overstable option. And now my rock three is flipping up and it's riding really straight. It's mm-hmm. still going to finish at the end, but it's not really fading, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what what am I supposed to do with this disc, Robbie? What am I supposed to Because it's a good disc. I throw it really well. Um, what, like, what, do I just pull it out of the bag? Do I replace it with another disc that does that thing? Mm-hmm. That's an option. But what if you want to keep it in there? This is where the, the expansion happens is it's starting to change there. The other and something you said about your S-Line FD that I think is fascinating is you discover a new disc and it becomes the anchor. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you find a new disc that you throw really well, that you have, that feels good in the hand, you're executing the shot really well with it. That will also force expansion in your bag because mm-hmm. suddenly this disc is really good. It needs to have a place in my bag. Mm-hmm. So does that cause things to shift around a little bit? I, you mentioned the hex. That's a very similar feel for me. I was curious about the hex. I was nervous to try the hex and I threw it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then it started Mm -hmm. coming out in other plastics and I was like, wow. So suddenly it adapts and moves things around in my bag Mm -hmm. accordingly. So this is a, this is a, not a, I would say there comes a point where your bag does need to be static. Like Mm -hmm. it needs to just ride for a little bit, especially if you're playing tournaments. Mm-hmm. It definitely needs to stay. Brad, you're not playing right. a lot of tournaments. You're playing nope. weeklies. So there's fluidity that can happen. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm not going to, I hate to throw my man under the bus, but Connor has a very fluid back. Like, yep. I would say there Ever are very changing. few discs that are in Connor's bag that he gets to hang on to for a very long amount of time. Mm-hmm. And the ones he does, he throws them really well. If Connor wants to break 86 at New London, he needs to like lock in a bag and just stick with it for three months and yep. hope that we record in those three months of him yeah. trying to break it. Because mm-hmm. if it's, oh, well, I got this, but I'm not really sure. Oh, sometimes this does this. You're going to struggle. You're going to have that indecision, have that doubt. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think. Um, and just to go back to the the anchor point, because like those discs, we all know that he throws super well, like his shaman, for ex- example. Yeah. Like we we know, and like the devil hawk, even like some of these discs that he throws very well are anchors in his bag, and they don't have to be like the 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 anchor point doesn't have to be the neutral disc. Like the FD just happened to be like that neutral slot I was looking to expand outward or kind of fit. But in, in my mid ranges, it was like the uplink, which is the extremely understable anchor and then i found the nebula so i'm like okay well how do these are the two anchor points now i've got to figure out the disc in between so i mean there's also that just it doesn't have to i just want to reiterate that it doesn't have to be like the neutral slot you find yeah it's like hey i found this disc i love how it feels it flies great it flies as intended every time i throw i can rely on it what else can i do like what else around that 
can make me feel the same way. Yeah, and I, it's the slogan of the show, right? If it's good, mm-hmm. keep it in the back. So right. you, as a thrower, you have to kind of distinguish between I'm in honeymoon phase with this disc. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I throw it so well. Mm-hmm. Do I actually throw well? Like, am I actually leaning on it? Mm-hmm. Or something that we've seen happen a lot. I want this disc to do so many things for me. I want this mind bender to be amazing for me. I mm-hmm. want this blank to be amazing for me. But I'm not actually throwing it well, so this disc flies like what I always wanted this to do. Mm -hmm. So throw this disc. Like It may not be as pretty. It may not be as flashy. Mm -hmm. But you know what is prettier and flashier? Your scorecard. Yep, exactly. At the end of the day, it's just whatever you want out of it. I mean, some people want to just, you know, have fun and just like try a bunch of new discs all the time, switch in and out. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, whatever like that's fine some people want to play tournaments so you need to have a more static bag that you really put a lot of work into and you know sometimes just get through the pain of a new disc and just know it and then there's people that are kind of in the middle that like want i i would say i'm in the middle i want to be competitive but i also want to try new stuff and i also like the challenge of altering my bag or trying a new experiment with my bag too and i'm kind of probably in that camp more than anything yeah and i to go back to our example of our connor guy like Connor, Connor's getting what he wants out of disc golf. And I think Mm -hmm. there is one video situations where he wishes that he approached disc golf a little differently. (laughs) Like, and that you just got to decide, like personally, Mm -hmm. I, I could care. My distance driver set is in complete disarray for me right now. Like I know it is, but I'm also Mm -hmm. not playing in sanctioned events right now. So if I, I'm letting myself have the freedom to experiment, letting myself have the freedom to try molds out and discs out of my bag because I'm not in tournament season. But mm-hmm. if I were, that's what I want out of disc golf is I, I love the competition. I love getting out there and mm-hmm. trying to improve, trying to score as best I can. You best believe come creator's cup season. Hopefully I'll have some form stuff figured out and my bag's going to tighten up because mm-hmm. we got a trophy we're coming for. So yep. like, it's yeah, I completely agree with Brad. It's what you got to try, but this at the end of the day to put a bow on this conversation, it's all theory. So we'd love mm-hmm. to know if you were throwing a minimalist bag, a, is there any curiosity of like getting out there and trying this? And we'd love if you want to try out our 10 disc bag and be like, Hey, I'll throw it for two months. I'm going to go this 10 disc bag, 11 disc bag, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I want to come on the show and talk about it reach out, let us know. Uh, we'd love to, we'd love to have a guest to kind of help prove these theories. I think that'd be a fun, like expansion is, uh, we mm-hmm. have like in the bag, uh, hypothesis in the bag mm-hmm. results. Uh, yeah. I love so it. you can tag them up together. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'd love to have you on if you want to see that, but are there other theories that we talk about on the show that you're like, Hey, I would love to hear you guys expand on this a little bit. Um, once mm-hmm. again, always looking to improve. Yeah, again, we want to some we've taken the feedback you've given us and some of it was, you know, you'd like to hear episodes like this. If that's still the feedback, if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know in the comments and say, "Hey, uh what if you talk through this theory or this subject? We would love to know what you want to hear next." Again, this this show is for you all. So, we want to make sure it's appealing and, you know, we love looking through everyone's bag. We're continue to do that for a majority of the time, but we want to bring on special guests. We want to bring have these theory discussions. We want to, you know, if there's topics or even if there's like, hey, these are 
discs have these myths attached to them? Do they work for everybody? Like we can talk about that too. So just let us know in the comments what you want to see. Absolutely. Now we've mentioned it several times and I feel like we got to let the people know because y'all got a lot that's new in the warehouse right now. So what's yes. new? So the new stuff I can disclose is going to be um, the biggest one is uh, the Venom. Uh, first run Venom is coming out Friday for us at 5 p.m. Uh, make sure you're in line. The hype is real. And these discs are gorgeous. They are beautiful. Silas, can you hand me? Can you hand me one of those Venoms right there? I'll just I'll just show one off. Thank you, sir. So like I mean, look at these. Like that swirls beautiful. This one this one's crazy. I mean, look at the rim on this one. Can you see that? Yeah. Oh, like those are they're gorgeous, and like all of them. Like I we were Jason and I were digging through the box, and all of them were just like, wow, they've really stepped up their game on this one. So. Make sure you're in line there. If you're listening to this podcast and it's five o'clock or it's after five o'clock on Friday, pause, go look, make sure they're there. Because if you want one, definitely get one. And there is utility for these. Even if you're like, I can't, I should not be throwing these. There could possibly be a reason to have them. And I mean, some of these are wall hangers, my friends. So yeah. make sure you check those out. Um, also, we've got a bunch of trilogy released a bunch of new stuff this week. So I mean, we're gonna have Orbit, Saki Bomb, Felons that released. Um, there's we've, we actually stocked a bunch of huck stamp uh huck lab stamped um trilogy so make sure you check those out they've released you know these beautiful orbit enforcers like there's a ton of stuff so just browse all of the recently restocked or new releases on the site for trilogy they've put out a ton uh of new things so uh those are the big hitters uh foundation dry fits those are new make sure you check those out as well Robbie got his. I sent him the wrong size because I was doing twenty things at one time. <laughs> but you can at least tell them they feel really great. They they um, feel amazing. Yeah, they will fit amazing this week once yeah. Jason breaks Jason it down the it correct size. So yeah, so make sure you check out all of that foundationdisc.com. Um, all that's linked below. So easy access. Go through the show notes. Boom, it's right there for you. So make sure you check that out. Absolutely. Yeah, I I like. Some of the trilogy stuff that dropped, absolutely amazing. I've been feeling it uh, mm -hmm. in the shop that we have down here. And, like, mm -hmm. y'all, it's it's super good. That Hook Lab stamp is so pretty. Like It's, it's clean. Just, it's just hard to compete with because yeah. you see it and you're like, man, it looks good. It throws good. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with it? Well, you keep it in the bag. And, hey, one more final thought here. Oh, I know. come on. I'm come on. I'm breaking up the flow. Ooh. I'm breaking up the flow. So, uh, no. Just to let everybody know, uh, monthly subscription boxes. If you yes. don't know about them, make sure you check them out. Um, so what that is, is every month, it'll be there. I'll be a topic. We discuss it in house. There's a topic or type of discs or whatever. The, the, there is a theme to the box. You're going to get three premium discs minimum, and then you will get a, a swag item or two minimum in there as well. Um, there's going to be an explanation on why you're getting the disc, kind of some thoughts, some tips, some tricks for said discs. Um, and so it's it's been really fun so far. Feedback's been really great. Um, so March's box, definitely subscribe for that one. You can find it on our website, foundationdisc.com. Um, it is our first, it's a, it's a, a very special theme box is all I'm going to say. Uh, you're going to feel the love with it and it's going to be, a lot of a box a lot of people were excited about the hype is real for this box so uh we worked over a month on this one so hopefully you all enjoy it if you're not subscribed 
please do so now. It's yeah. a monthly subscription box. Robbie's received them. Robbie, they're pretty, they're pretty tight. Dude, it's uh, so like literally I got the box last month was a box that most people should have needed. Uh, and I'm sure you can get still get some of the components. But last year, last month's box, the theme was understable. And with mm-hmm. having form changes going right now, I ended up with mm-hmm. a peach, uh, a premium plastic peach by Clash Discs. Fantastic mid-range that I think got completely... Mm-hmm. I don't know what Clash did wrong on that launch, but I feel like that disc snuck under the radar, and it yeah. is sneaky good. I got a jackalope, yes. you know. Obviously, we're big fans of the jackalope mm-hmm. here. Uh, mm-hmm. Jackalope immediately uh, went into the hands of a person who really needed it. Like I, mm-hmm. I know exactly who got that one. And then I got a, I believe it was a Crank SS, uh, and that disc is in my bag like sneaky good it is prepared to go like i i believe it is going to be the disc i try to get over the pond hole Mm -hmm. one maple hill so nice awesome um and just to point out too like what's great about these is we're not like it's not like everybody got a peach a jackalope and a crank ss like there are some there'll be some duplicates but we try to also make a variety of boxes within the theme too so not every month is everyone going to get all the same discs so like i know robbie there's a handful of people that got peaches a handful of people that got, and your jackalope was a misprint yeah. jackalope i believe um so there's even like misprints we're throwing in there's other stuff so it's good jason and i have a lot of fun with it we really try to pick out very pretty discs to put in we put, pick out like really cool stamps or misprints we try to throw and make sure you are getting more than way more than your value. So yeah. please check out the monthly subscription box because you never know if you like what's in the monthly subscription box. Keep you it might in have the bag. Exactly. So we will see you all next week, 446. 446.